It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to BGN Radio. Eagles outside linebacker Connor Barwin joins us. I heard you guys are the best Eagles podcast there is out there in Philly, so I'm excited to talk to you guys. Right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. We have made it to episode number, as I stall to try and remember what episode number it is. I believe it's 126. Is that right? I mean, I don't know. We're 125. 125. It was supposed to be uh, 126, but uh, we kind of had a thing with the bye week. We tried something new. Uh, It didn't really work out that well. We were experimenting, much like the Pittsburgh Steelers have been experimenting with Dree Archer before letting him go and then signing, uh, you know, Jacoby Jones to come on and join the team here. But... It doesn't matter. We are here. It is a two-man pod. We thank you very much for listening and, of course, for always subscribing, whether that's through SoundCloud or Stitcher and especially iTunes if you are out there. We always uh, enjoy your feedback. And uh, Patrick is here with me, Mr. Patrick Wall. What's happening, sir? How are you, buddy? I'm I'm bringing you in real quick because I think we should. This is what I think we should do, and maybe we should ask the people this. If you want us to read the reviews, whether they're critical or fun, just have like a little two-minute segment. I think that would be fun to kind of open it up and then see the, the people that shit on us the hardest and the people that praise us the hardest and just see if we can kind of meet in the middle. You think that's a good idea? I kind of like that idea. I think it's a great idea. I think the people will like it. <laughs> we'll see. We're going to try a, f- uh, a couple of things here. But uh, first and foremost, before we get into that, just a reminder that, of course, you can hear us always at 97.5 The Fanatic from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. And this week... As our good friend James Seltzer is out partying hard in Austin, Texas. He's got the bachelor party vibes going on, making his radio debut on the Philadelphia Airwaves. The Hefe himself, Mr. Brandley Gown. That's right. That's right. Mr. Brandley Gown coming on the Airwaves. It'll be fun. It'll be exciting. And uh, we're going to have a, the, the same guest finally back. Jim McCormick's going to come back. I think we'll have uh, the Godfather himself with NFL picks. But. That's all on Sunday. I'm sure we're going to remind you 500 times before then to recording this on Thursday night. But Patrick, well, I, I know it's kind of been, it's been really tough to try and get this in. But oh, what am I saying here? What am I saying? I'm getting through the podcast. We have a very special guest joining us tonight as well. Miss Lana Berry, of course, at Lana, if you could follow on Twitter. Also part of the wonderful uh, Lana Berry show, uh, which I believe she just had Katie Nolan on. And it's a fantastic uh, listen. It's it's the same way I feel about uh, Richard Deitch over there at uh, Sports Illustrated, and he does all the media podcasts over there. Please go check those out. She's going to join us a little later. She's a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. We're going to try and weed through some of this NFC least. As, uh, I know she's not happy with, with the Cowboys. We're not exactly happy with the Eagles here, P-Wall. Um, and there's been a ton of people that have been trying to be like, yeah, we need to find a way to get juiced up for this football team and this game and... It's really hard to do it, and it's another 
Sunday Night Spectacular on on national television. So I apologize to uh, the rest of the NFL community that might have to watch this awful slop fest. But you know, it's your the Eagles are a half game out, and I've seen some wild ass takes this week. But I am kind of rather excited for the revenge factor of how awful Stan Bradford was in Week Two. The offensive line, basically the whole offense. It looked like I cannot erase that from my memory, and I think a lot of people haven't been able to do that this week. So I, I don't know. Is that is that where it is for you as well? Like I want to see the revenge factor this week. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if you're looking at the the way the Eagles played in that game, that was probably the worst performance I have ever seen of an Eagles football team in my limited amount of time watching football. I mean, that was just start to finish. I remember at one point I was sitting in the press box with Brandon and I looked at the clock and there was something like, you know, like six minutes left in the fourth quarter and they were, they were down like 10 or something like that. And I was like, you know, in theory, they could come back and win this. Like a good team would win this game. They're not going to win this game. So I still, that's sort of my, my enduring memory of that game, unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely a, a gotta be a revenge factor. I mean, this team still thinks it's good, especially on defense. Um, and I just, I can't see any way that the Eagles don't go in there to Dallas on, on Sunday night in prime time without a fire in their belly. And if they don't, then as our friend Matt Daring likes to say, Chip should be fired immediately because that is, (laughs) this is like a perfect storm of bad for the Cowboys. If, if you want my opinion. Yeah. It's trying to like, you know, Matt Castle, you know, that pretty much takes care of itself. Like that's like, all right, whatever. The most, the funniest thing from this week, and you know, I mean, it's just the the because this wasn't talked about enough because Eagles Twitter. We'll get into it a little later, but Eagles Twitter is just kind of all over the place of what the, the Eagles football teams needs to do. The champion running back, Joseph Randall, was. F- released this week was released was the guy who was going to run 1500 2000 thousand yard rushers mcfadden and randall they don't need them there we don't need to draft a running back the guy that has 6.3 yards per carry the guy that's going to have a career year only after taking 101 carries over two years is fucking gone that's hilarious are you kidding me the guy that steals cologne and underwear from a department store who everyone thought was gonna be here got cut this week i apologize if you're at work and you're cursing i'll put a little maybe i'll beep a lot of these out but still that that was that was what everybody was you know that was a whole off-season debate between this oh they stole demarco murray and blah 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 and i know that there's a lot of eagles fans out there's like well it's not like you can say anything demarco murray hasn't been Hasn't been that great, but he's not dead. He's still on the football team. Yeah, they might have overpaid him, and this is where I come back to, Patrick. And I, I'm still not a big fan of the contract. Nobody is. Like, there's, there, it was a complete overpayment. But the more you think about this, it's not DeMarco Murray that they're exactly missing. They're missing his production. And, and ba- even based off that, you can't tell me that they wouldn't take DeMarco Murray right now as opposed to whatever crap they're slinging in there. Like, they're moving on to Christine Michael, again, who couldn't even take a backup role for Marshawn Lynch. So I, I think that it actually worked in the Eagles' favor, at least in the short term. And that was the, that was their main opponent. That was the people that were going to be the NFC East battle. And a lot of people kind of went, you know, that was the offseason was it's going to be between the Cowboys and the Eagles. So if you understand, like, hey, if we can take one of those pieces away, even if they're paying them $8 million, I, I still think that's kind of a win because Dallas doesn't have them. And, you know, with no one could predict that Romo and Dez were going to go down in the same year, let alone, like, the same game. <laughs> so, uh, or back-to-back weeks, excuse me. But uh, that's where I still look at this thing, Patrick, and I'm like, you know what? I- I'm okay with that because – they don't have a running back situation, and that's something that, again, you can just absolutely key on. It fits right into the Eagles' defense. Those big hosses got to shut down the run and force Matt Castle to throw, and that's what I'm feeling about, my man. That's what I'm feeling good about. Excuse me. You should absolutely feel good about this. I mean, the the, the Cowboys are going to trot out a top, I believe, top five or top ten pick in Darren McFadden and a second-round pick from 2013. <laughs> 2013, who got traded from the Seahawks he couldn't he couldn't back up 
Marshawn Lynch. That's like being like, uh, sorry, Aaron Rodgers, we're going to trade you because you suck at backing up Brett Favre. Like, (laughs) are you kidding me? They can't. uh, This is this is hilarious. This is like this is like prime Jerry Jones. uh, Just team building at its at its most comical. They have no running backs, but they have how many domestic violence convictions? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, what are they? It's three or four. They have two more now? than they have more than they have competent running backs. Whatever yes, the answer exactly is, exactly right. This is this is fantastic, and but I think I'm, you, I'm, and and you nailed it on the head. I mean, the Eagles' defense, obviously the best unit on the team, is now charged with stopping this. If they can, you know, as long as the offensive line for the Cowboys doesn't just completely and utterly dominate in this game, which, you know, despite having seven first round picks starting on the offensive line, I think <laughs> the D line can hold its own. I mean, is. Are we going to have the Matt Castle game 2.0? I doubt it. Des Bryant on one foot? Uh, maybe not. I, I, it's hard to look at that Cowboys offense and and really worry. I don't know. Maybe that's overconfidence on my part, but I just I, I don't see it. You know, obviously, you have to worry about – Des Bryant is out there. He's one of the best wide receivers when he's healthy. I don't know his, his direct state of – how injured he really is, like, should he be out there? I always thought it was a bad idea considering what it was at least described as whatever bone graft and screws. And I just remember Kevin Durant trying to come back and doing the same thing in the NBA and it just, he wasn't ready. It looked, he looked bad. Uh, you know, when you're, when he's not a hundred percent, you're going up against Richard Sherman. I get it. Like that's, <laughs> that's going to be tough even if he's healthy. So I do think that that that's still a, it's definitely a concern. Uh, so is, as much as he's been up and down, Jason Witten is, is still concerned. But you're right. Like, I, I don't think that there's much to be scared of. Uh, and even when Dallas fans try to make you scared of Cole Beasley, which <laughs> is, is, is amazing in its own. And then, you know, the first game, like, you know, Malcolm Jenkins and uh, Byron Maxwell just kind of like, you know, chucked him to the side like he was nothing. And that's that's where it's. You know, I, I just look at the secondary in this defense, and you're right, Patrick. That's where it is. I know that there are a ton of people that's like, this is just such a terrible team as it's constructed now, and et cetera, et cetera. The, way, the offense is is bad. The offense has been bad, has not been consistent. Bradford hasn't been consistent. The running game, like nothing has been consistent. But the defense has, and with the exception of Carolina, which I don't know what happened to the run defense. They kind of just kind of let it up, and, you know, Jonathan Stewart runs wild, and that's that. That is definitely one of the the main points of of how they lost that game as well. I don't think that's talked about enough, but that is where I, I, nothing scares me defense versus offensively. There's ways that they can beat you. I'm not just. I'm not saying like I'm not trying to downplay the opponent, which some people have oddly said, and I don't really understand that that much. But you know where where you look at that, it, it's just the the safeties match up well, the corners match up well. The defense, the linebackers, you might have Kiko Alonso in, in on a couple of snaps. You have Kendricks and Hicks together. Uh, and I don't, was that, did that happen last time, Patrick? Were they on the field together? I believe Kendricks got injured in the Cowboys yeah, game. I think that's, I think that's right too. That's where the, the hamstring, oh yeah, because Kiko and they both went out Correct. in the same game. So there you go. So it's kind of odd that they're, you know, both going to be back here. So it'll be nice to have Kendricks and it'll be nice to have Hicks on the same field. Hopefully nobody goes over the snap. They've all had a bye week to kind of rest those hamstrings. On the opposite side of the ball here, Patrick, and we'll get to uh, Lana just a little bit as she's coming up uh, on their uh, BGN phone line in just about five minutes here. But on the other side of the ball, you see <laughs> the other thing that was kind of bothering me all week is there was there was an implication, I guess, after the, the Carolina game that Ryan Matthews or Chip Kelly was lying about Ryan Matthews' injury. And he wasn't on the practice practice field today, and the groin injury still looks like it's going to be a problem. So it looks like Demarco Murray and Sproles are going to have to carry the load this week. I, I just find it fascinating that everybody thought Chip was lying about somebody's health, like to I don't know save his game plan or or anything there. But um, it, do you think that that's still that, that's I, it's it's not the greatest thing because obviously Matthews was is supposed to be is the better running back. That's what I'm trying to say, and I think that's that kind of. It comes at a, a really bad time, and I think that's more of a factor in this game. I know Murray wants the revenge, too. Uh, you know, the, people are saying that he wasn't altogether healthy. He might have pulled a hamstring earlier on. He was trying to recover from that. There was definitely one a couple of weeks ago, but how do you feel about that that portion of it with the running game uh, versus this Dallas defense? Well, I think you're going to have some serious concerns if Ryan Matthews can't go. I mean, he's clearly been the best running back on this team. 
Um, he's just looked faster. He's looked more sudden. He's been able to run through contact a lot better than DeMarco Murray has. But um, at the same time, you're also going to be missing potentially uh, Jason Peters, who didn't practice all week or was limited, I believe. I think he didn't practice all week. And um, so you're going to you're already down a couple of guys here and it's going to be sort of up to DeMarco Murray. I don't feel great about it, to be honest. Um, and I think Johnny, you and I talked about this off air a little bit. We were expecting a little bit of a sloppy game and I think this is probably going to be part of it. I think both offenses are probably going to have a little bit of trouble getting their ground game going. Um, and in a game like this where you're playing against a, a Cowboys defense that, um, should at least be okay against the run. I think you really want a guy in there like Matthews versus a guy like, uh, DeMarco Murray, just because he's going to be able to run through contact and he's going to be able to run through a pile. And if, you know, if Dennis Kelly is starting on the right side and, he gets eaten up by a block and then there's nowhere to run. I have a, I have more faith in Ryan Matthews' ability to run through that traffic and pick up yards over DeMarco Murray. Although that said, DeMarco looked better. It looked like um, against the uh, the Panthers, looked like his, his hammy had healed up a little bit better. He definitely, to me, I don't know, I don't think everybody necessarily agrees, but to me, he looked a little bit faster. He looked a little bit more sure. And, you know, hopefully with another week of rest, he'll be good to go. Um, as it pertains to the chip stuff, I always go back to that report from when Chip was at Oregon and he was having guys walk around in boots just a mess with the media. I don't know. I mean, Ryan Matthews himself, as reported on BGN, said that um, he was completely healthy, um, you know, into the bye week. So maybe it flared up over the bye week. Maybe he was um, had a little too much time off and, uh, you know, injured his groin again. I don't know. (laughs) Too much sex, you know. I don't want to speculate, but it was definitely too much sex. (laughs) And, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, this to me, this looks like one of those things where he's going to be questionable and no one's going to know what's going on. And then, you know, 90 minutes before the game, we'll have an idea. But, um, yeah, it's going to be tough for the run game either way. Um, to me, the bigger loss is Jason Peters than either of the running backs, honestly. Well, I've got a couple of points on that, but before we do, we want to get back to this because it, that right side of the line is, uh, is scary, especially when you say, uh, Dennis Kelly, right tackle. But, uh, before we do that, I really want to get into our special guest. She's taking the time out. Uh, she, we sat down with her actually this afternoon and a uh, big props to our own Matt Daring for putting it together as we're very excited to welcome, uh, Miss Lana Berry from the Lana Berry show. Lana, how are you this afternoon? I'm good. How are you? Uh, Doing great. And I know you were one for, like, this is why I was, I mean, secretly, we're having you on the show because I want to talk about a whole plethora of different things, not just the Cowboys in general, but you are a huge Cowboys fan. It is Eagles-Cowboys this week. Yes. Uh, And we are getting very, well, trying to get very excited. It's the NFC least as uh, as it's been going on here. But when you look at the, just the overall landscape, like here in Philadelphia, it's pretty easy to make fun of. Bradford, Chip Kelly going to college, a bunch of other different things, you know, the snowballs at Santa, blah, blah, blah. When you look at this Dallas team and just kind of the, you know, the conundrum that is that has been here, and I know you're probably missing out on your favorite person of all time is Brandon Whedon. But I, with with uh, Which, by the way, we kind of have a nickname for a shit-filled fan, and I don't know if that's ever been topped. I just want to throw, throw that out there uh, as that going on. But when you look at this whole landscape of, I guess from the offseason to now, what's been the biggest, like, oh, my God moment for the Dallas Cowboys in your mind? Uh, Romo getting hurt. Yeah. For sure. I mean, at first, at first it was Dez getting hurt. I thought, like, everything was going to go, was just downhill from there. And then Romo got hurt, and it just was, like, falling off a cliff. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it, it doesn't, and we, I guess we should still apologize for our third-round rookie, you know, taking care of that business here. So now when you... I don't know. When you look at this game, it's it's really, I mean, it's been hard for a lot of Philadelphians to kind of get excited about it. Are you just kind of be like, okay, this season's done um, yes. and, and we're moving <laughs> on? Okay. So what, I mean, like what, what, if anything, are you looking forward to this week with this matchup? Well, first of all, I am like last week, I was just like, okay, just wake me up when next season starts. Yes. But then I was looking at it because the whole division is really bad. And, like, the Giants are the best team, which means the whole division is really bad. Right. So, I mean, I guess there's still, like, a sliver of hope for both of our teams, I guess. Yeah, I I mean, like, (laughs) if if somebody, like, comes along with pixie dust and wakes up, like, five or six different problems, yes, then they can all go on Super Bowl runs. I'm just hoping for a watchable game. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like, really my goal here. (laughs) 
which has been like the uh, for every fan base, I think, in the NFC East, it's been like, oh, my God, like we have to apologize to national TV every time they're on. Like, I'm so sorry, everyone. Like the Cowboys, especially because I feel like they're always at, like the late afternoon game. Or Sunday night football, and so they're always like one of the only games on. I'm just like, I'm so sorry. This is really <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> and trying to like constantly, you know, defend. It's like it wasn't so bad, guys. It wasn't so bad. Yeah, exactly. It's just, uh, it's 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 been frighteningly bad. And obviously, trying to get uh, hyped for it this week, we're having trouble doing so, as we were just mentioning. But just aside from all that, um, I mean, just your rise as far as. You know where you where you started out just being you know fat guy touchdowns and tweeting yes. about the funny things that happen in sports, which is to me is really admirable because I, I look at it and I, that's where I'm like yeah I, I get it because there's not enough like haha <laughs> about the things we cover <laughs> and these everybody's very very serious about everything and we have like mind control over what our teams do and if we don't root for a certain way or if we do root a certain way it affects the team and bad juju but. Just tell me how, I mean, what kind of got you into that side of sports? Was it was it that, just the, the ridiculousness of, every, of everything? You started tweeting about it, and then you got this major following in a podcast. That's pretty much what happened. Like, I, I think, you know, sports fandom drives you to a point where you just become a crazy person. And, like, all my teams are bad. And it just drove me to a point of, you know, like, okay, everything I love is terrible. And you get to a point where you're just like, let's just laugh about all the terrible things that are happening. (laughs) And like, you just have to to maintain sanity. And so, you know, I just started, you know, going from being a crazy, irrational fan to just laughing at all the dumb things that happen in sports and just pointing that out. And then I realized that everyone else wanted to do the same thing. And I kind of built an audience just from doing that. That's why I was just, you know, I know you're only about 12 episodes into your show, but that's that's the sense that I get from everyone that comes on. I mean, you've had everybody from PFT Commenter. You just had Katie Nolan on, which I thought was a fantastic, uh, fantastic episode. And you can always go subscribe that to iTunes, I think you're on Stitcher, SoundCloud, all that good stuff, as long as uh, where you can find this fine program as well. Shout out to all that. But yeah, I mean, what is the, I guess, what where do you go from here with the show? Is it just kind of feeling out, you know, what works and what doesn't keep the, the you know, the interesting guests on and, and just kind of roll from there? What's your, what's your kind of end goal with the podcast? I'm not sure what my end goal is. I'm just like, like you said, I'm still kind of getting my bearings with it and I'm just having fun with it and it's yeah it's just seeing what works and what doesn't and I really like having people on that are really silly and funny but I also like having people on that are normally having to be serious and they can kind of have an outlet like I had yeah. uh Jeff Passon on this week who's just you know just a baseball writer for Yahoo and he got to come on and it was totally ridiculous <laughs> and so that's really fun for me is just like getting to show a different side of these people because we're all kind of have the same thing and not everyone can say the things that I can say because of their job or whatever. And so I don't know, like it's just, it's just really fun for me to do. And I just, as long as the audience is entertained, that's all that really matters. And there's one thing I do want to ask you that is Cowboys related because it's, it's been, a you know, obviously there's somewhat of a bias because whatever Eagles fans, it's a rival uh with Greg Hardy and that entire situation and there have been times where I've caught myself off guard even in like saying it on air and then I feel kind of guilty about it. I was like you know I hope he gets hurt and never comes back but uh, uh how does that make you feel as far as having uh, you know the Cowboys there him being there what's your what's your you know how do you how do you work that out internally I just I don't like him being on the team at all and I don't like the way the team has dealt with it it's not like they even said, you know, like there's an issue here and we just like hopefully can work through it. It's like they just basically like glossed over everything that he did. And they're like, no, it's fine. He's a leader on the team. It's totally cool now. He's good. He's fine. He's fine now. I'm like, no. Like if you, they just dealt with it in the worst way possible because Jerry Jones is a terrible person. (laughs) And Jason Garrett is just his puppet. So like it's just a horribly run organization and Greg Hardy is garbage and you like last week uh when he got hurt and he got helped off the field like I felt relief I was just like oh god like just get him off the field this is great and then he came back and 
I was upset. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's like he got it came back and like got an interception. I was like, God damn it. Yeah, I think the the, <laughs> the entire timeline was there, which is just like had a big sigh, like as as he came back onto the field. Yeah, exactly. And then notice he like came back on the field. I also I saw that we had an interception. I was like, Oh yes, and I saw Greg Hardy. I was like. Damn it! No, someone tweeted me like, "Oh yeah, you know, like, hey, I'm Greg Hardy now." I was like, "Okay." (laughs) (laughs) It's not like my team's even in contention right now, so it's like it doesn't even matter. Yes, yeah, exactly, and that's where it's just you know. And I thought the same thing. I was like, "Well, there you go, kids. It pays to be an asshole." So that's the lesson learned here: just be an asshole. Everything's good. When he got into it with Dez on the sideline that day. I was just hoping Des would just punch him in the face. <laughs> That's you, yeah, I mean, like he takes his swings at the, you know, whatever. I think it was like a rookie corner or somebody. Yeah, in training like, camp. all the times Des needs to just go off on someone. <laughs> and he was still like not back playing. And I don't, you know, I didn't want him to be out any longer. But if there was a reason to be, it would be that. <laughs> Speaking of Des, and this is this will be my last one as we go out here. Do you think that that's like a wise idea? For him to kind of come out uh, and give, I mean, obviously Castle needs all the help he can get because whatever. I mean, he's, you know, throwing YOLO balls that look like ducks and, and everything else. But um, you think that's a smart move uh, to have him out there so early? Or is it, you know, I don't know. You just said like the, the season's kind of lost. I'd just wait for him and, and Romo to be healthy at the same time before even thinking about it. I mean, I honestly don't know because I don't know like what his current state of health actually is. Cause well, we never know what right. state of health actually is. Um, so I mean, no, like I don't really love seeing him out there, like pushing it if he, if he is pushing it, but I know he has that passion to play. Yeah. Yeah. But you're not going to tell him no. Basically. Because Castle can't throw for shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not like he can help you out if, if that's going to continue. But hopefully, it's not a sloppy mess. Again, both of our teams are on the national spotlight. and You, you guys know. don't have Richard Sherman, so there's a better <laughs> chance you might <laughs> catch a ball this week. That's true. That's very true. Uh, well, uh, Lana Berry, of course, from the Lana Berry Show. And if you're not following her on Twitter already, I don't know what you're doing. So uh, <laughs> we, we really appreciate the time and say hello to the L.A. Sun for us. I will. Thank you. So thank you again uh, to Lana Berry and obviously Atlanta. If you're not following her already, and check out her show, I'm a big fan of her podcast. It's only twelve episodes in, but it's getting there. I like the style. A lot of people just kind of, you know, taking uh, a lot of serious sports people just kind of winding down and and uh, showing their true colors, and it's really entertaining. But uh, before that, we were talking about the offensive line. Jason Peters, Patrick Wall actually had some you know concerns about Jason Peters not being able to go. Uh, kind of a hot take. I would rather not have him go. Uh, I, I don't want to see him try and force it in there if it's going to be 20 snaps or 25 snaps and then that back or whatever's been bothering him and he just ultimately goes down. I don't want a, a confused, I don't want to have to switch O-lines again, even though I, I don't think it was that bad when uh, when they did it, had to do it in Carolina. I think it held up okay towards the end, Tobin getting beat by Jared Allen. I understand why you would want to have, obviously why you want to have Lane Johnson going up against Hardy. Uh, that fucking pig fucking cock sucking motherfucker. I, I understand that. But on the other side, I just think I don't know if it's worth it to switch that way and and have Kelly as your right tackle, especially when I'm a little more comfortable with him in between Lane and Kelsey. Uh, I like Tobin at the guard spot. I always have. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I just <laughs> I, I really don't. I, I don't like that at all. I feel like it shuts down part of your running game on the right hand side. Uh, and I don't know, is, is it really that much of an upgrade pass blocking wise? I mean, I know I, I, I'm not saying that Lane Johnson is it's, he's obviously better, obviously better. I don't know how much enough of an upgrade of the pass blocking is because they've both kind of struggled there. Uh, would you keep Lane Johnson on the right side, Patrick? I would. And the biggest reason I think I would do that was to keep the rest of the line's continuity intact. Yes. I mean, a lot of these guys have played together, but not necessarily in this configuration. If Lane starts, on the left, obviously, it's going to be his first start at left tackle. Um, that's a big enough adjustment for everybody involved. Um, so the last thing you want to do is like put Kelly at guard and Tobin or Barbary at tackle, and then you know put Jason Kelsey at running back. Why not? Like it's going to be hard enough <laughs> I'd to like get to everything. See that first, of all. I would I'd like. To I see would that. pay to watch that. Yeah, I mean, I think the last thing you really want to do is mess things up. And look, Dennis Kelly is is what he is at this point. He's a fine backup. Um, 
He was a guy that I think a lot of people were surprised made. And even play, people, people team, would actually even argue with that. I think fine backup is uh, is still, you know, very subjective. But yes, go ahead. Well, you know what? Everybody needs to have a drink and calm down because yeah. it's Dennis <laughs> Kelly. It's not a big deal. Yeah, uh, I, I think he's uh, I think he's serviceable. I think considering the situation, I think you're absolutely right. And I think one of the things, too, that is interesting to keep in perspective that I think a lot of us are forgetting, uh, maybe because it was traumatic and we don't want to remember. We thought when Jason Peters got hurt, we thought that was like a career. <laughs> like we thought, yeah. well, that's oh, yeah. the end of Jason that's Peters. It. He's done forever. So much for the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, that was a scary-looking injury, and the fact that he's even able to come back at all, I think you're right. I don't think you really want to push it. I don't really think you want him out there seeing what happens against Greg Hardy. Yeah. Because, you know, he might throw guns at him or throw him onto guns or whatever, <laughs> you know. You, you just don't want to risk that. You never know. You know they it could go it, off and they could shoot Sam Bradford in the knee. We don't need that, is it, what I'm saying. Yeah, it, 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 um, it definitely, yeah, why bother? It's not worth the risk. Speaking of not worth the risk, and this is something I meant to bring up when you when you had said something, but for whatever this week, Lyle Collins decided just to, somebody in the media room is like, hey, did you really have any interest in him? Let's set the record straight with this fucking thing. All right? I mean, I, I don't get why we're talking about him again, and it's week nine. Like, the, the Cowboys are, what are they in, two and five? So, ooh, let's calm down a little bit. Uh, but just, like, here's everything that I know. And I'm pretty sure this is this is pretty true from all that. And I think we have all the timelines wrong. There was definite pre-draft interest from the Eagles. Then he blew off the pre-draft meeting. Then he went to the combine. Then the story came out that he might have killed his ex-girlfriend, who was pregnant at the time. Then everybody took him off the draft board. Then the, his agent pretty much told everybody, don't fucking draft him because uh, we'll make it a huge deal. If you do, and we'll fight it because we want him to. There was at some point where they were trying to see if he could be like redrafted the next year. They found out they couldn't. Then I'm assuming because he's a Cowboys fan and he's a <laughs> undrafted free agent. After he's told every single team in the NFL, "Don't draft my client. He won't play for you." And then Jerry Jones goes, "Hey, I don't care. I'm the owner and GM. Look at my football team. I'm just about. By the way, I'm about to sign Greg Hardy later." Uh, Des Bryant's already here. Josh Brent was still on the team. Joseph Randall's still here. I really don't care. If you can play football, come on board. And that's pretty much what happened. That's it. I, you know, there was, I, I doubt that there was any post-draft uh, interest in him. We know Chip Kelly. We know that there's some form of, yes, the culture thing gets twisted around into, into every little thing, but that's something you don't take a risk on. That's something that uh, 30 other teams also said, nah, I'm good. I, we, we don't want to even bother with that. I'm sure that there was interest from other teams, Miami, et cetera, et cetera. And I know Jason Cole had said something who I like, and trust me, I'm not bashing him here, but uh, wasn't really on it during this offseason. Missed missed some some things, so I, I'm not exactly sure how much of that, how old was that, how new is that. It doesn't matter. The, the, the criticism should be this Eagles football team has not, registered any good replacement offensive lineman in two years. It is a fair criticism. It is definitely, you can, I would rather talk about Evan Mathis for 40 years rather than talk about Collins for another day. That's what ended up happening. Uh, I, I don't understand why he would, again, not sure why Chip Kelly would lie about it. I don't know. And here's the thing, John, it, it, you're talking about Lyle Collins. I mean, what does Chip always say? He wants football players who want to play football, not they don't want what football gets them. Yes. You're telling me that that's this that the person who said that is the same person who would be told by a player's agent, do not draft this player, and then be like, Yeah, I still want him. No, there's no <laughs> way. There's absolutely no way. You know what? If he gets if 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 the Eagles had drafted him and he had said, No, I don't want to be here, like you would, should just be glad. You should be glad to play in Jacksonville, bro. Like yeah. this, you're playing football. Like Chip doesn't have time for that bullshit. Like, no, there's no, there was no way, there was no way that he was ever going to happen. But I think, I think you're exactly right. I think the the point is bigger than the fact that it was a potential top 10 pick who was available on the undrafted free agent market. It was that the Eagles didn't do anything to get a backup or to improve their line since Chip has been here with the exception of Lane Johnson. And that's, that's a valid point. He's got to do, I mean, there's definitely going to have to be something that happens next year. Probably a few somethings, but, uh, you know, uh, 
Yeah, we've we been over this so much. Yeah, I know. And, and this is what this is the last thing I'll say, and then I want to move to the phones. Is that I we don't know. Like he he could be blanketed with that with the murder rap. Obviously, they don't. He wasn't a part of it. That's been proven, that, and it's been said. So I I don't want to make the kid out to be bad like that. But here's my thing. I'm fine if you want to go out to the bunny ranch, spend a couple of dimes on whatever you want to, you know, you want to live it up. You want to have some sex with some random strangers. I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you, you can't do that. We admire Derek Jeter for doing it in a classy way, but here's all you need to know. This guy went to somebody named Throatzilla, got his ass eaten out and didn't pay her. Like that's like, that's my character right there. It's like, yeah, no, that's not going to work. So there you go. Let's go to the phones. We want to hear from you. Call the Duncan Philly Anytime Hotline. Leave us a message and we'll put you on the air. 267 245 6066. That's 267 245 6066. Or tweet your thoughts to us at BGN underscore radio. And this is Xavier from Tyler, Texas. And I got two questions after the loss last night. Even. If Bradford puts together a couple of games, you know, that kind of shows, you know, that he can play a little bit. But you bring him back, you know, what he has shown you so far. And also, tell me what you think is more important. Do you think we need another skilled wide receiver or another offensive lineman? Because that line was looking kind of bad last night. The Peters went down and, boy, I couldn't even count how many drops we had last night. Thank you. Uh, O-line without question. I think uh, – I think- I'm willing to write off year two for Josh Huff and Jordan Matthews. I don't expect them to stay this bad for the rest of the season. Frankly, I think that there was a lot of talk sort of under the surface that uh, Jordan Matthews may have a hand injury. Um, hopefully that is cleared up by the end of the season. I think I think Josh Huff might be what he is, which I hate to say because I was super high on him uh, in the offseason. I think a lot of us at BGN were. Um, but I still expect Jordan, uh, Jordan Aguilar, Nelson Aguilar to come in and, and, and perform well towards the end of the season and definitely into year two. Um, and I think on top of all that, O-line is just a bigger need. I mean, you got to fill at least one guard spot and you've got to start thinking about long-term. I mean, you've got your long-term replacement at left, at left tackle. If a franchise tackle comes available in the draft or you have a guy that you feel really good about along the O-line, maybe somebody who can play guard and tackle that you think can start immediately, uh, you definitely go that over wide receiver. And again, I'm not the biggest draft guy. Talk to Ben Natan about that. Uh, but I I would definitely say O-line for sure. All right, let's go to our man, Stephen Lee. What's up, Beach again? This is uh, Stephen Lee calling from West Palm Beach, Florida, uh, checking in in regards to Sunday night's matchup against Dallas. God, it feels like week nine came so quick. But uh, here we are, our last matchup against the Cowboys with the opportunity to essentially bury them for the season, and I love it. You know, nothing else, that's really what is getting me pumped up for this game. I think the key to winning this game is capitalizing off turnovers. For us to pick off Cam three times, we need more points on the board off of those turnovers. I'm kind of curious to see how we sprinkle in Kiko Alonso coming off his injury as well. But uh, other than that, I think there's some really favorable matchups against Dallas. Um, and I uh, kind of wanted to wrap up the call just uh, to gauge what your guys' favorite Eagles-Cowboys matchup is of all time. I'm only 25, so what comes to mind for me is uh, probably 2008 when we needed the awful Russell-led Raiders to beat the Buccaneers and the Texans to beat the Bears to even have a, have a shot at the playoffs. And, uh, you know, we played Dallas. It was a win and get in and routed them 44-6. to One of the most beautiful memories of my lifetime. So uh, thanks, as always, guys, for taking my call. So, yeah, uh, Stephen actually makes a great point. Uh, capitalizing off the turnovers, I think that's still my number one issue. When you're leading the league in takeaways and you're not capitalizing on them, that's a huge, huge, huge deal. Uh, and they that, that is winning football games. If you look at the margin of just kind of how close that they've lost uh, their games, it's been it's been pretty narrow. So when you can't capitalize on those, it was the same problem that was in last year. They led the league in turnovers or takeaways, excuse me, and they also led the league in, in interceptions, fumbled turnovers, et cetera, et cetera. You thought that was going to kind of happen with Bradford. It, it didn't. Uh, but also, P. Wall, I, you know, he says 2008 is his favorite Cowboys memory, and I got to agree with them. I know that there's other times, like they fourth and one, we stop them again. And, you know, I'm sure that there are, there are a lot of older people that would say, you know, the championship game. But to me, 44 to 6 is still the ultimate Dallas FU football game because so many, I don't think people realize how many, how much craziness that was. 
Like there was a, a really bad Oakland team that had to beat Gruden's <laughs> Gruden's Tampa Bay team. I, I can't remember all the other losses. Something to do with happened. the Bears. Yeah. yeah, the Bears and the, the the Vikings or somebody like there were three or four teams that had to lose. They all did. And then there was just this this garbage matchup in the NFC East to determine who's going to go. And everybody was on pins and needles. I was freaking out in my apartment. I was like, oh, my God, this turned, it's turned into a playoff game. And then just the absolute onslaught after one quarter, 44-6 to six to me is still the best Cowboys game on the planet. I mean, that's a hard one to top. Uh, sentimentally, though, mine, I'm going to go a little off board with mine. Um, my favorite memory is definitely T.O.'s return to Philly, and specifically Lito Shepard's coast-to-coast picks, pick six. Oh, man, that was a great game. Yeah, that I, was awesome. I, I, had not, I have not been an Eagles fan my whole life, as a lot of you probably know. I grew up in Washington football team country. Um, and so <laughs> I was in college, I believe, when... Uh, no, I was visiting college when that game happened, watching it on my friend's, like, crappy, like, 12-inch TV. And when that pick happened, I screamed so loudly. It was like this guy visiting schools. Nobody had any idea who was just shrieking at a television for this team that I had like just started watching a couple years ago. And so like sentimentally 44, six will always be sort of the ultimate, like it's a lot like the miracle at the, at the new Meadowlands, like plays that you're never going to see again. Like a day like that is never going to happen to the Eagles again, probably. (laughs) So you enjoy it for that. But just that, that special moment where it was just like, if the Eagles didn't beat the Cowboys on T.O.'s homecoming, like the city would have burned to the ground. Oh there would have been no, God, there would have yes. been no way. So, I mean, that to me is just like the ultimate, it just like, uh, I it just always will have a, a special place in my heart. Yeah. I actually remember, I mean, I was, I remember that vividly because I was, I was still in Los Angeles at the time and I was hanging out at big wangs. Yes, that's a real place. And I think it's still there. <laughs> it's a, a crazy sports bar. And I, I just called in to work and I was like, yeah, I'm going to be about uh, 45 minutes late because this is getting tight and there's no way I'm leaving this game. And I was feeling all surly and I was like, I probably, probably had too many beers for, for the amount of time that I was going to spend at work. But I, I was in there and that pick happened. I slapped 100 bucks on the table. I, I, I like, like I'm some like rich fool and I'm making like, you know, $10 an hour, wherever they And I just scooted out of there screaming, screaming, screaming. Absolutely. I mean, like, but it, it's just tough because you won't have that level this week. You just won't. Um, uh, but hopefully, I, that's what I mean. Like, this is, we've, I, I think that the city and everybody else has just been so crazed with takes this, this whole year, this whole year, everything is just, uh, you know, out of the blue, we're talking about f- freaking Colin Kaepernick twice a day. We're talking about the possibility of Chip Kelly getting traded to Tennessee, and would you do it? I'm like, what is what the fuck is going on in this town? I mean, this team again just needs the team, everything. And I feel like I, I, I kind of this is like a broken record every other week, but you just need a a, a, a signature win where the offense and the defense looks like it's together in the same spot. It was close in the Saints game, except for those weird, like, red zone <laughs> interceptions in the beginning. It was close there. It was close against the Jets. Uh, but th- it really needs to happen this week for – it doesn't – I take that back. It doesn't need to happen. They just need to win the football game. I don't care. Like, get into the playoffs any way you can. It's the only way you're going to do it. Bury the Cowboys. Bury them. That's where I'm at, P-Wall. You have to bury this football team and put them away. Put them away. Just two and six. Is two and six even done with Dallas? Is that done? At least since 1990, no team has ever made the playoffs after going two and six. The Eagles can put away their season. They will be essentially at the cellar of the worst division in football. Done. Done. You can't lose (laughs) six in a row and then make the playoffs. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, you just can't. But we can laugh all the way down. Uh, and with that being said, we appreciate all the phone calls. We couldn't get to all of them, but please keep calling in. Shout out to Craig in Cincinnati. I apologize, uh, but we will get you on next time because we always want to hear your thoughts. Let's get to the NFL pick. Hit me! It's time to ring the bell and play some bets. Hey, I don't want your money punching my money. Here come our NFL picks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Uh, 
just for point of order, because he won't be on this week or uh, on the radio show, but uh, James Elter, 4-0 and last week. Never never happens. you got got to celebrate that. I think I'm just mildly hanging out just below 500 on all platforms, which uh, tells me one thing. Uh, if, uh, don't gamble, and, and please don't invest your money on my advice. Um, uh, Patrick Wall has been hot and cold as of late, but let's start... Uh, we're going to do three games, and then we're going to we're going to give our predictions here with the the Philly and Dallas. Let's go. Let's once again because we didn't we didn't bring it up, and uh, and of course it's looking at me dead in the face. The lines all over the place. Let's travel up to Minnesota, uh, as it hopefully it's going to get cold there. For our good friend Nick Foles, uh, this line opened at three and a half, and now it's just gone haywire. It's gone from two. It's one and a half in some places. Uh, it's minus one in a couple of places. Minus one and a half. I really think this game just comes down to is. Can Minnesota stop Todd Gurley? And if they do, they're going to win this football game. I'm taking Minnesota, and I'll probably take it at any spread here. From anywhere from minus one to minus two, I'm taking Minnesota in the points here, P-Wall. It's hard to disagree with you on that one. I mean, Nick Foles is averaging, uh, I believe it's under 180 yards per game. Todd Gurley is going to have to carry that team basically for the rest of the season in a brutal division. Uh I don't see any way that they win this game unless Todd Gurley goes for like 300 yards. And I think the <laughs> Vikings have too good a linebacking core to let that happen. Uh, I will take Minnesota any way you like it. Yeah, and just to, and this is this is the other thing. This is, you know, I know we we go fulls crazy over here, and there's full stands, and there's you know whatever. I he sucks, and uh, you can't convince me, but he does. He does stink, guys. I mean, there's it, it, the, all the arguments about Bradford, and I know we didn't get into a lot. With the second round pick, and you wanted to hold on to Foles to see where it went, we can close the book on that because it wouldn't have helped. And yeah, whatever. Second round pick, you could have had that future superstar franchise quarterback that doesn't exist. I don't. I don't know. Like you, I, I'm into trying things and doing something. Uh, and I, I don't know. Sixty percent. I think that's what we said off the air. People, sixty percent or so of Nick Foles's yardage through the air, who is on pace to finish. At 2,500 yards in the air this season, 60% of those are yards after the catch. So Blake Bortles, Colin Kaepernick, Brian Hoyer, Teddy Bridgewater, Jay Cutler all have more yards through the air than Nick Foles. Yeah, year. and I'm sure that, uh, and look, I get yards per average, and I think it's a really overrated stat when you're just comparing it to the quarterback. It is does hold some weight when it comes to Sam Bradford. We've obviously seen that in his career, but the entire offense as a whole hasn't been able to throw the football down the field. So let's give it a rest here, huh? Let's give it a nice old rest and let's travel on down. Uh, well, not down. Let's go easterly here because this is my this is my favorite line of the week here, P-Wall. Uh, I, I, I see New England. I see Washington. I see New England a 14 or anywhere from a 13 and a half to 14 point favorite. Who do you have in this one? When I see this line, I think of three words. You know what those three words are? Uh, kick some ass. You like that? <laughs> I like this line. Beautiful, beautiful. I like New England to just, just embarrass the Washington football team. It's going to be a lot of fun. I hope that game is on locally. I really want to watch that. I want to watch it get. Cha- I want to watch the game get changed by the second quarter by CBS. Yes. Great. Let's move on to uh, you know, whatever the whatever the CBS game. Let's go to Tennessee, New Orleans, or whoever they have on. Yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I like New England in the points here too. Um, I, I can't wait to see uh, Kirk Cousins just get completely embarrassed and then have to burn his T-shirt. Uh, <laughs> even though it's going for a good cause, I understand it. But, you know, when you're trying to compare the two, and uh, RG3 yeah, did the same thing, and there's not a lot of heat for Kirk Cousins. Anyway, let's travel on back down to the lovely, the beautiful, somewhere around where our lost friend Mike K may or may not be. Uh, in Tampa Bay, as we look at the Giants line, it's kind of it opened at minus one, which you're, at first you're like, okay, that's a Tampa line. There, you know that 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 sounds like it's like it's okay. Well, actually, that's still a Giants line. I don't know what the hell I'm saying here, but it, it moved on up to two and a half. Um, I get it, and I think the Giants are a better team than Tampa Bay. Uh, however, uh, they've kind of come on a little bit here, so I'm gonna. St- I'm going to stick with it, and probably just out of out of pure emotion, because I want the Giants to lose. I want everybody to lose this weekend, and then have the Eagles be the sole winner uh, in the NFC East. So I'm actually going to take Tampa Bay, as they are the home dog at uh, two and a half. Who do you have in this one, P-Wall? I'm sorry, John. There's no way I can back you up on I can't <laughs> roll with you on that one. I just I don't see anything. I At this point, the Giants are the Eagles' biggest competition in the East. 
the Giants know that they can really kind of take the division if they just play well and then beat Philly again one more time. I don't see Tampa Bay really being any sort of uh, any road bump, uh, speed bump for them. I'm taking the Giants. All right. Well, let's end this uh, end this train as we have come to prediction time. It's Dallas. It's Philadelphia. Uh, two and a half to minus three. The Philadelphia is the is the favorite here on the road. I can't fault that, really. I mean, it's just, again it, when you look at it, it's Matt Castle. It's uh, they're, they're they're changing out running backs. Like they're going to give Darren McFadden more of a load because we all know that works out. Uh, judging by his career history here, that'll work out fine with a with a higher workload. But yeah, I, I don't know. I I don't feel one way or the other really. I think it's just because the bye week has screwed up my brain so much with all these dumb takes and my dumb takes and everybody else's. So I, when it comes down to it, I, I got to take Philadelphia here. I, I think I got to take the Eagles because I just don't see where they can really get destroyed in this game. I think they'll always be in it. I think it'll be close. It's a division game. And who knows? Sam Bradford could just look terribly amazing and, and show up to week two again. Although I don't think that happens. I like the vibe that's happening. I think they win it by four and I'm going to take I'll take the Eagles 24-20 in this one. You know, John, uh, Chip Kelly is undefeated at AT&T Stadium. Did you know that? I did, do you you I did know that. I think Jason Garrett also is undefeated at the link. That so, sounds about right. There you go. I would say that uh, I I just have a hard time picking against the Eagles in this game. There's, there's, I mean, there's like, you can look at it like an analyst. You can look at it like a fan. Uh, the fan part of me says there's absolutely no way the Eagles get swept by an inferior Dallas team. I don't care where the game is being played. Uh, the fan, the analyst in me says that this is going to be probably a really close game. It's probably not going to be the prettiest game you've ever seen. But on the other hand, I could really kind of see this being a blowout if Sam Bradford plays like, I don't know, 20% better. If Ryan Matthews plays like at all, I just, I think it's going to be probably, it's going to be a close game. I think the Eagles offense is going to be slightly better than people are anticipating. Um, I'm taking the Eagles. uh, Give me 28, uh, 17 in this one. 2817. Uh it's gonna be, I don't know, maybe maybe the vibes will change on Sunday morning. So once again, you'll have to tune in and of course listen to our very favorite person, the Hefe in charge of Bleeding Green Nation, Brandon Lee Gout and myself. He'll be making his radio debut. Uh it's gonna be a lot of fun. Andrew Salchunas behind the glass, now part of the BGN radio family. It's gonna be a good time on 97.5 the Fanatic. So I want to thank uh, Lana Barry again for joining us. And of course, for everybody out there listening, this has been episode number 125. Uh, P. Wall, thank you for joining on the two-man pod, my friend. This has been a lot of fun. And uh, we will catch everybody next time uh, right here on BGN Radio on BleedingGreenNation.com and LibertyBroadcast.co. Meet on the boat. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. We have now reached our final destination of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We realize you have a choice in podcast, and we thank you for choosing ours.